We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, even the New York Times gets it. The LGBTQIA agenda is destroying women's rights, women's dignity. It is misogynistic. It actually could care less about the female. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. You probably noticed that last week uh, there was something different going on. You were hearing reruns if you listened to the show on KOKL Radio, The Brew with Brooks Brewer. Every year, Marcy and I and the kids take a vacation and we head up to upstate New York where Marcy's family has a cottage on Lake Ontario at a Christian camp up there uh, near Barker, New York. So, If you were listening on radio, you know that last week we had reruns going. And if you listen to this just via podcast, because you're too far away from the broadcasting range of KOKL radio, you notice that I didn't post anything. So I'm back in the saddle. This is a new show. I just want you to know that, not a rerun. And I'm grateful for Brooks Brewer and KOKL radio for allowing me to do this. And even if you are out of the range of the radio station, you might consider listening to this every morning just by tuning into the radio station, KOKL Radio, Brooks Brewer, The Brew, out of Okmulgee, Oklahoma. You can listen to it online if you wish. You don't have to be in that particular broadcasting range. Anyway, thank you for listening into the show. I'm back. So today's topic is going to be a New York Times editorial piece uh, published just before I took off for vacation, so probably 10, 10, 12 days ago. The piece was written by... Pamela Paul, a columnist for the New York Times, who's calling out the LGBTQIA agenda for what she says is the fringe left's misogynistic agenda, close quote. Does that sound familiar? Have you heard this kind of discussion before? Well, I think you have, because if you listen to the rebellion, I've been saying this for years. I've been beating this drum for years. And now we have the New York Times raising its hand and saying the same thing. Do you think maybe we've come to a point where Frankenstein's monster is turning around to attack those who created it, and they're terrified? They're terrified by what they see. I'm Dr. Ever Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. I mentioned Frankenstein's monster before the break. Now, why did I do that? Um, Mary Shelley's classic novel. What does that have to do with today's topic? Well, let me read a quote, a direct quote from Bette Midler, who tweeted this a couple weeks ago. Women of the world, she said, we are being stripped of our rights over our bodies, our lives, and over our own name. They don't call us women anymore. They call us birthing people or menstruators or even people with vaginas. Don't let them erase you, she says. 
every human on earth owes you. Close quote, Bette Midler. Bette Midler tweeted that. She's obviously disturbed. They're, they're calling us birthing people, menstruators, people with vaginas. That's true. I've covered this in a previous show, and I'll cover it again today. They're actually saying that that's what you are. If you're a female, if you're a woman listening to me right now, they, the left, the progressives, Democrats, those people that think they're smarter than everyone else, those people that are pro-science, are actually calling women different names now. You're not a woman any longer. You're a birthing person. You're a menstruator. You're a person with a vagina, according to the left, according to Joe Biden and his cabal in Washington, D.C. The LGBTQIA agenda doesn't even believe women are real. They don't believe you exist. They think you're a fantasy, a fairy tale. They think that you're nothing but a game, something that can be mocked because a person who isn't a woman can enter your shower and stand there and look at you, and you can't do anything about it if you're in prison. That's what they're doing. They're putting men into women's prisons because the man says, I'm a woman, I'm a female, I feel like a woman. And they'll put him in a prison with women, and the women actually have to disrobe and shower in gang showers with this guy. They're doing the same thing in college sports. Again, a guy pretends to be a woman. He's 6'5", 6'6", and he's been on the men's swim team at the University of Pennsylvania. And then he comes back the following year and says, oh, you know, I, I, wasn't a, I wasn't a man all along. I'm really a woman, and now I want to swim on the women's team. And he starts destroying everybody. That's, that's bad enough, right? But you know what else goes on? He gets to use the women's locker room, and therefore he showers with the women. He's disrobing, disrobing with them, and they have to disrobe in front of him, and they can do nothing about it. In whose world is this right? In whose world is this pro-woman? Is who, in whose world is this feminism? It's the exact opposite. And Bette Midler is even shouting out that they're taking your rights away. They're stripping you of your rights over your lives and even your own name. She says that. They don't call us women anymore. We don't even exist. In response to that tweet, when a friend of mine shared it with me, I said, the monster turns. And here's a quote from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. This is the monster talking in that novel right now, not Dr. Frankenstein, not any of the other characters in the novel. This is the monster that Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, created. And again, why do I, do I say the monster turns? Here's the quote. I, I remember Adam's supplication to his creator, but where was mine? He had abandoned me. And in the bitterness of my heart, I cursed him. Close quote. He had abandoned me. In the bitterness of my heart, I cursed him. One more time, I want you to hear this. This is what the monster says. I remembered Adam's supplication to his creator, but where was mine? He had abandoned me. And in the bitterness of my heart, I cursed him. That's what Bette Midler is seeing. She, she recognizes that the creator of this entire movement has abandoned her, and she curses that creator. The left, the LGBTQ wise ones, 
who have invented this monster piecing together half-truths and a bunch of lies into this hideous monster that's running rampant across our our land, stealing the identity of women, the dignity of women, the very name of what it means to be a woman. And Bette Midler says, where is my creator now? He has abandoned me. They have abandoned me. And in the bitterness of my heart, I curse them. This is what's going on in our culture right now. This is our monster. We've created it in our schools, in our universities, and in the media. We've pretended that we can change what it means to be a man and a woman, change what it means to be a human being. We've invented something. We've pieced together parts of this agenda and that agenda, this lie and that lie in terms of the definition of what it means to be a human being. And this creature that we now have is grotesque and ugly. And some of the people that have bought into this lie that were part of that part of that process of putting this monster together are now recognizing that there's a problem. There's a problem. The monster, the monster is ugly. The monster doesn't do what we thought it would do. And we're turning on it as part of that monster. Bette Midler is, the irony here is the distinction between creator and monster is muddied in Bette Midler's quote. She's turning on the monster, but she's actually turning on herself because she was part of the process of creating the monster. And now she says, I curse you. Where are you now? You've abandoned me. Yeah, the title of my column for the New York Times, this, excuse me, not the New York Times, I don't write for the New York Times. The title of my column for the Washington Times is about a column in the New York Times. And in that column in the New York Times that was published just a couple couple weeks ago, if not less, there's an opinion piece. And they finally admit that today's LGBTQIA plus agenda, this cabal of rainbow activists, is little more than a misogynistic cult that reduces women to just a mix of body parts and gender stereotypes. And that's a quote out of Pamela Paul's column. A mix of body parts and gender stereotypes. That's her language. When she was writing for the New York Times, and she's written for them for a long time, so it's not like she's some conservative guest columnist. No, she's one of their routine writers. She's very much left of center. But she writes of what she calls, and this is a quote again, the fringe left's left's misogynistic agenda. I'll say that again, the fringe left's misogynistic agenda, close quote. Here's some of what she says. The word woman, says Paul, which I would argue for millennia has been, here's her language, commonly understood by all rational thinking people to denote genetics, physiology, biology, and the basic reality of human existence. She says this, the word woman is now verboten. And in its place, they've got words that are nonsensical, terms that are reducing females to their biological functions. Words like pregnant people, birthing persons, menstruators, and bodies with vaginas. 
Okay, that's exactly what Bette Midler just said. So you have a leftist named Bette Midler bemoaning what's going on in our culture right now. She recognizes that women are being erased. They're being abandoned. They're being ignored. They're being blackfaced. They're being mocked. And Pamela Paul, writing for the New York Times, says the same thing. These nonsensical terms are being used to reduce us, women, she says, to our biological functions. That's all we are to these people, apparently, now. We're pregnant people. We're birthing persons. We're menstruators. All we are is bodies with vaginas. We're not human beings. Now, I obviously was elaborating a little bit with my own language language while I was using her descriptions there. But I, I am doing justice to the point she's making. She's the one who's saying that women have been reduced and dumbed down to biological functions. Biological functions. That's all a woman is any longer because you're not a woman. The man can grab the name woman and say, that's what I want to be. So we've got to come up with something else the left is saying to describe what a biological female really is. So we'll, we'll call them pregnant people, birthing persons, menstruators, and bodies with vaginas. That'll do. That'll do. Let's just describe this, this thing as a biological function, not a human being, because the words man and woman imply a human, and we can't have that when it comes to females. You can hardly communicate with these people any longer because you have to use words like female and woman to try to distinguish one person from another, and they say, no, we can't do that any longer because those are the, those are feelings, those aren't facts, those are subjective terms, not objective terms, and therefore we've got to, we've got to say something else. Let's replace the word woman in the federal, federal documents, federal register, and let's call a woman a pregnant person or a birthing person. You get my point? This is really degrading, and Pamela Paul and Bette Midler get it. This logically strained nomenclature these labels, these names, this nomenclature, this strained nomenclature has been force-fed to the American public. And Pamela Paul is recognizing it. She's bemoaning it. She's citing Joe Biden's, I'm sure she voted for him based on her political leanings. She's citing Biden's cultural lunacy, the lunacy of her own party of removing, removing biological sex from the federal register and replacing words such as mothers and women with birthing people and breastfeeders. That's what's going on. And she's saying, what are we doing? Again, her quote, as she closed her column, women didn't fight this long and this hard only to be told we couldn't call ourselves women anymore. This isn't just a semantic issue, she says. It's also a question of moral harm, an affront to our very sense of ourselves. Close quote, Pamela Paul, New York Times. And to that, I give a standing ovation. Amen, Pamela Paul. Welcome to the side of sanity. I've said from the very first days of the LGBTQIA movement, and this is why I've been cited by the Southern Poverty, Poverty Law Center and the Equal Rights Campaign as being a hater. Uh, you know, I'm a dangerous person. I'm a hater because I've said the exact same thing that Pamela Paul and Bette Midler are now saying. I said it from the very beginning of this movement, this LGBTQIA movement, that 
it is a broken worldview that can only have one logical end. And what is that end? The complete degradation of what it means to be a human being and that women, as the result, would be the first to suffer at the hands of this grand lie. I've been saying it over and over again that the alphabet soup lunacy of the rainbow is degrading to women, degrading to what it means to be a human being. And because we've dumbed down the definition of what it means to be human to garbage, to a grand lie, women are going to be the first to suffer. And here we go. I've said it over and over again, and I want you to hear hear me say it one more time on this show. You can't dumb down human identity to nothing more than the sum total of human inclinations and retain any modicum of human dignity. Hear me on that. Listen, that's what's going on. You can't dumb down identity to nothing more than the sum total of inclinations and retain any modicum of your dignity. If we define ourselves by our subjective desires and not by God's objective design, our ontology, the reality of who we are ontologically, becomes meaningless. And being, ontologically, being a woman means nothing because the word is now meaningless. Therefore, it means nothing. And therefore, if that's who you are, they've dumbed you down to non-existence. This is the abolition of women. Think about it. Think right now with me. Today, our schools teach our youngest girls that women aren't real. You know that. Read the news. They're teaching your children in elementary school that women aren't real. And our Congress is telling women that they have no right to their own restrooms, their own sports, or their own showers. This is real-life news. I'm not making this up. And our corporations are proudly defending the cultural appropriation of women by dysphoric men who want to play dress-up and act like something that they're not. It's coming in our schools, it's coming in our Congress, it's coming in our corporations. And today's feminists now pretend a female is a fabrication rather than a biological fact. This is Alice in Wonderland. This is, this is crazy. It's the Mad Hatter's lunacy. The, the question we should all be asking about all of this is this, what could possibly be more degrading than publicly supporting the blackfacing of women in a manner that is just as cartoonish and insulting as it is when white people dress up in literal blackface and mimic and mock people of color? What's the difference? This is misogynistic. One more time, misogynistic. And Pamela Paul in the New York Times is using the same Language, she's describing it the same way. This agenda is misogynistic. It diminishes women to little more than a delusion. It disregards who a woman truly is, who Pamela Paul is, who Bette Medler is. This thing elevates feelings over facts, and it supersedes the, the rational by supplanting rationality with emotion. It's not rational, it's emotional. And... And this agenda, it replaces the reality of the female with the fantasy. 
of those who seek to use a woman for just political gain. All of this stuff is little more than a placard for a culture, a cult of deception and deceit. That's what it is. This is a cult. And what I'm talking about right now is the poster child of it. It's a, it's a placard. It's a picture of what's going on, of deception and deceit. It's, it's a snapshot of people who have literally lost their ever-loving minds. When your definition of the person becomes little more than the cumulative effect of his or her sexual urges, you're admitting that you think those with a given appetite, a desire, are actually defined by that appetite or desire. This is bigotry, pure and simple, and it's not even very well disguised. Because if that's the way you think, you're, you're saying this about other human beings, that's just who they are. It's like driving through a neighborhood and you see people that look different than you and you assume that they're driven by some, uh, some cultural or maybe even biological thing that makes them that way. And you don't want to associate with them because that's just who they are. That's what you see in this LGBTQIA agenda. They're saying that you think that personal identity is nothing more than the sum total of some sort of libidinous inclination. People are driven by their libido, their inclinations. This is the ultimate insult of your fellow man. Really, that's what it is. Isn't it, isn't it peculiar that we're doing this to other human beings? This is the grandest slur of the human being, and it's the grandest slur of what it means to be a woman. Now, here's my point as we get ready to go into the final stretch of this show. The biblical model is the exact opposite. The biblical model elevates men and women to the highest status of all world views. That's why I hit upon the biblical model so much in this show. Let me give you an example. From Genesis through the rest of Scripture, from the beginning to the end of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, we hear this over and over again. We are told that human beings are the imago Dei. That's Latin for image of God, imago Dei. We're not the imago dog. We are created in the image of God, the imago Dei, not the imago dog. Now, why do I use that, that, that cadence, that, that phrase? Because we're made in the image of God, not the image of an animal. That's my point. Imago Dei, Imago Dog. Image of God, not the image of a dog. We're made in the image of our creator, not the image of the animal. We're not defined by our cravings, by our gut, by our appetites. We're defined by our creator, not our cravings. And our ultimate meaning comes from our Lord, not our libido. We can be better than that, better than our libido, better than our cravings, because we've got the imprint of God on our soul, because he made us in his image. We have objective identity and dignity and worth because of this. God's reality always trumps our human emotions. Yours, mine, your neighbors, the government's, God's reality trumps it all. This is the good news of the gospel. You hear me on this? The good news of the gospel. 
is this, that you can be born again. You're not born that way. That you can be transformed. You're not transgendered. That the old can die and the new can be born into new life in Christ. That's what baptism is about. When you're submersed in the water, you're dying to your old self. When you rise again out of the water, you're a new person. You've been baptized. You're a new creation in Christ. That's what baptism means. You die with Christ, and then you're risen again. You're born again. You're not defined by that old junk any longer. The Holy Spirit in you will restrain those old desires if you let him and you obey him, and you will actually find yourself to be very different than you were before. This is what happens when you embrace the biblical worldview. Christ himself makes it very clear. He's very clear on this issue. On this one issue, Pamela Paul agrees with the biblical worldview, with Christ, with Jesus, with what the Bible says. She's stumbled across the truth because the truth of God is written on every human heart. Bette Midler, likewise. Bill Maher, likewise. They now see that what the Bible says makes sense. Now, they may not be saying it that way right now, but that's really where they're going because the Bible says that no one is just a mix of body parts and gender stereotypes. Quote, unquote, from Pamela Paul, no one, no one is just a mix of body parts and gender stereotypes. Women are made in the image of God. And that image cannot be manipulated or co-opted or changed by a bunch of delusional sexual activists marching in our streets with rainbow flags or sitting in our corporate boardrooms or sitting in the White House of the national capital of the United States of America. No, that image of God, what it means to be a woman, cannot be manipulated or changed by a bunch of delusional sexual activists who are bent on denying the reality of the Imago Day and acting like a bunch of dogs. That's really what you see right here. They're acting like dogs because how do dogs behave? They're governed by their desires, their hunger, their appetites. They are defined by those things. You're not. A woman is real. A woman is made in the image of God. She's the Imago Day. And even the New York Times is saying that right now. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.